Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. Welcome to episode 22 of Simpler Bible. Today we finish up Genesis. And I promise you we're not going to take this much time to go through every book of the Bible, but this is foundational, like we said in the first couple of days, absolutely foundational for the things that we're going to learn and know in the rest of the Scripture. These players, these people, these key figures, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, these matter for the rest of the Bible. So it's really important that we took the time that we did to get through this. And hopefully you have come to know and understand Genesis a little bit better, but we have a few more very interesting things to look at as we wrap this up. So Genesis chapter 49, we talked yesterday about how Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, is about to die, and he has blessed Manasseh and Ephraim in reverse order, blessed Ephraim first with the premier blessing. And now what Jacob is going to do is he is going to bless his 12 sons. He's going to give them a parting blessing before he dies. And this time, unlike uh, unlike Isaac, who was like, oh, I'm about to die, Hey, you know, Esau fixed me some food and then he lived another like 30 years. In this case, Jacob is really about to die. So he's blessing his sons at the end of his life and he is really about to be done. So pick up with me in Genesis 49, 1, and we'll start reading there. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn. Uh, my might and the first of my fruits, or my first fruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. And then he says this about Reuben. So we're talking about Reuben. Just scratch through that, sorry. And we're talking about Reuben here. Unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence. So firstborn son, firstborn son of, of Jacob. Remember, he is the son, Reuben is the son of Leah. And he says, you're unstable as, as water you shall not have preeminence. So the blessing is going to skip from the first son. And you might think, oh, it's going to the second son, but we'll actually see that that's not the case either here. So Reuben, you're my firstborn, but you're unstable as water and you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed and you defiled it when you went up on my couch. So this is in reference to a story that we didn't read. We skipped it, but you can find it in Genesis 35, 22. And Reuben, as a young man, sleeps with one of his father's concubines which is a, a, a very weird thing for a lot of reasons. She would have been significantly older than him. Uh, she is the mother to several of his brothers, which would have been weird. But also, it's Reuben's kind of way of saying, screw you, dad. Like, I don't care. Like, uh, I'm taking your wife as my wife. And so Reuben slept with his father's concubine. And because of that, Reuben... His blessing is you're unstable as water and you don't inherit the, the preeminence. That's the whole blessing for Reuben. And so Reuben is moved aside and dismissed. The next two brothers, Simeon and Levi, which are sons number two and number three of Leah, they also aren't going to receive the blessing. And so look at what he says here in verse five. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. Oh, my glory be not joined to their company, for in their anger they killed men, and in their willingness they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. My goodness, two... Oh, there is so much to say about this. In fact, I forgot about one of them until just this moment as I was reading it to you, and so I'm super excited about it. And this is... I, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself. I do that sometimes. So he lumps Simeon and Levi together, and he says... 
Again, it's not a pretty blessing. He says, let my soul not come into their counsel. Let my glory not be joined to them. Why? They are weapons of violence. They are weapons of violence. And he says that they are men of anger. All right. Men of anger. Now, what's this in reference to? It's another story that we skipped. Genesis 34. You might remember in Genesis 33, 32, Jacob is preparing to meet his brother Esau after having not seen him for 20 years. And so what he does is he takes his his maidservants and then Leah and then uh, uh, Rachel and puts them before him in all these troves and all these droves rather to appease Esau so that Esau won't kill him. And Esau says, here, let me, let me escort you back home. He goes, no, 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 we're good. And then Jacob takes the family to Shechem. That's where they end up camping. In Shechem, the people of Shechem, uh, there is a, a, the, uh, the king of Shechem, his son rapes Dinah, the sister of these boys. And he wants her for his wife. Long story short, the 12 brothers say, I tell you what, King of Shechem, we'll intermarry with you guys. You guys can become part of us. We can become part of you if you do this one thing, if you circumcise your men like we're circumcised. And so all the men of Shechem say, wow, this guy Jacob is really rich. If we just circumcise our men, we get to inherit what they inherit. I get to marry his daughter. We'll be part of the same family and we can get all of their livestock. We can get all of their wealth. So they were planning on being circumcised, intermarrying with Jacob's family, and then basically robbing them blind. On the third day, after all the men of Shechem are circumcised, the Bible says while they're still sore, Simeon and Levi go into the city and kill every man. So this was a ploy by the brothers, Simeon and Levi, to subdue this, this city and to destroy these people in Shechem. And so, so Simeon and Levi, this is the men of anger. These are the people. And so as a result of that, as a result of that, Jacob had to flee because the people in the area were mad at Jacob and God gave them safe passage. But Jacob is like, man, you boys, y'all are full of anger. Your swords are weapons of violence. You hamstrung oxen. You, you kill men. And so that's what it's talking about is the wickedness of Simeon and Levi. Now, check this out. This is subtle, but it is incredibly interesting. And he says here in verse 7, he says, Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. And I will divide them in Jacob... I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. I want to draw all sorts of arrows to this because this is something, listen, in 2023, as I was reading the Bible, I caught this for the first time and it ticks me off that I didn't catch it sooner. I started reading the Bible back in 95. So, so 28 years of reading is how long it took me to catch this. And I feel ridiculous that it took me this long, but I think you're the first people I've shared it with. So there you go. Um, I'm excited about this. He says to them, cursed be their anger for it is fierce and their wrath for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So he is prophesying about the nation of Israel that they're going to have one day. He's prophesying about the nation of Israel. And he says, I will divide them in Jacob. I will scatter them in Israel. And here's what's interesting. Simeon and Levi will be the two tribes out of the nation of Israel that don't have their own portion of land when the land gets divided. They will be the two tribes that do not get their own portion of land. In fact, Judah's portion is so large that when they're looking for land to give to Simeon, they're like, well, live, in, live inside of Judah. Simeon, just be part of Judah and live among the people of Judah. So Simeon doesn't even really get its own portion. So when he says here, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel, th that is to Simeon. I will divide them in Jacob. They'll be, you'll be part of Judah. You're not going to get your own inheritance. And then the Levites, the Levites who will be priests of God, 
part of being the priest of God is they don't have their own land. And the Levites are literally scattered to live amongst all the tribes of Israel. So the Levites are scattered to live amongst the rest of the tribes. And so this verse 7 here absolutely plays out in the book of Joshua when the land gets divided. And it is crazy that I had never caught it before. And I'm excited to have caught it and be able to share it with you. And now I've spent too much time on that probably. But he goes on to bless Judah. So look, Reuben doesn't get the blessing, doesn't get a good blessing. Simeon and Levi don't get good blessings. The fourth son of Leah, do you remember when she named the four boys? Reuben, she was like, man, maybe my husband will like me. Simeon and Levi, she's like, oh, my husband hated me. God sees that I'm afflicted. Maybe this will make my husband like me. So she's, it was all about how she was uh, wanting her husband's affection. But do you remember when she named Judah? She says, now I will give praise to the Lord. So with her fourth son, she's giving praise to the Lord. And what you're going to notice here is that the fourth son of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, is Judah. And he's the first one to see receive what we would call a legitimate blessing. Super cool stuff. Look, after a couple of light days theology-wise, when we're covering big narratives, it's time for us to get back into some good theology, right? And so look at what he says here, beginning in, in verse 8. I might have been optimistic trying to bite off chapters 49 and 50 in one conversation, but it's okay. Here we go. Verse 8. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. You stooped down. You crouched, crouched, crouched. You crouched as a lion and as a lioness who dares to rouse him. Look at verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of all the people. So he says here, he's predicting here the kingship of Judah. And, and here's what's interesting. The very first king of the nation of Israel comes from the tribe of Benjamin. The second king of the nation of Israel is King David, and he comes from the tribe of Judah. And Jesus, who is the ultimate king of glory, comes from the tribe of Judah. Now, this prophecy right here, let's see, we've got 413 years left that they're going to be in Egypt, and then we've got 40 years in the wilderness, and then we've got a six-year conquest, and then we've got 350 years of uh, judges, and then we've got 40 years of the kings of Benjamin. So that's going to leave us, let's see here, that's going to leave us about 849 years before, before this comes to fruition where Judah is has the ruler's scepter. We've got, let's round up, 850 years. 850 years until this takes place. But it's this beautiful prophecy of Judah being the ruling force over the nation of Israel and ultimately the king, Jesus. Because what does he say? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. The ruler's staff shall not depart from his feet. And then catch this, until tribute comes to him and to him will be the obedience of all the peoples. That's not just Judah. That's not King David. That is a reference not just to what Judah will do and be, but who Jesus is and what he'll do and be, that the scepter will not depart from Christ, who is a descendant of Judah, until all the peoples bring him obedience. Now, I'm going out on a limb a little bit here with verse 11. And it says this, speaking of the scepter of Judah, speaking of Judah, it says, binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. Now, you'll notice a couple of things. Binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. 
Zechariah 9.9, giving a prophecy of the coming Jesus, says, Behold, your Savior is coming to you, uh, humble and lowly and humble, mounted on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. So there's this prophecy in Zechariah 9.9 that the Savior will come riding the colt, riding the foal of a donkey. And we see that in Zechariah 9.9. It's quoted for us again in Matthew 21.2-5, where Jesus says to his disciples, he says, go into the city. This is the last week of the life of Christ prior to his triumphant entry. Go into the city. You'll find a donkey there and it's, it, it's full. It's colt tied there. Bring them to me. And he rides those to go into Bethlehem. And so obviously in Matthew 21, it's a quote from Zechariah. Matthew lets us know that he's, he's referencing Zechariah. But I think here, verse 11 is probably the first reference to this hundreds of years before Zechariah wrote it down and another several hundred years before Matthew. And so I think that, that Genesis 49.11 is similar reference to Zechariah 9.9 and Matthew 21, 2 through 5. I could be 100% wrong on that, but it has always struck me how similar the language is. So there are eight more sons who we want to deal with in terms of blessing. And I'll just be honest with you, we're not going to hit them because there's a lot of generic blessings here. There are some things that play out for the tribes, but not as big as the ones we've just looked at. So what we want to do is I want to jump down here to chapter 49, and I want to jump down to the death of Jacob. And he says this in uh, 49, 29. He says, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me in my father's grave that is, wow, bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephraim the Hittite. So that's a reference to Genesis 23. We didn't read that chapter either. It's where uh, Abraham buys a burial plot for his wife, Sarah, when she dies. And so that's what Jacob says, bury me where the Hittites, in the land of the Hittites that, that Abraham bought as a burial place. So Jacob dies, he gets buried, and the brothers are, the, the brothers after Jacob dies are a little bit worried that Jacob now, sorry, the brothers are a little bit worried after Jacob dies that Joseph might be seeking revenge. After all, they had plotted to kill him. They sought to sell him. They did sell him into slavery to the Ishmaelites. So jump with me down to 5015. And it says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they say, it may be that Joseph will hate, hate us and pay us back for all the evil we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave us this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sins because they did evil to you. Now, please forgive your brothers their transgressions. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers came and fell down before him and said, we're your servants. And look at verse 19 and 20, very key verses. Joseph said to them, do not fear. Am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about the, that many people should be kept alive or many people should be saved as it is today. You might remember from chapter 45, verses 5, 7, and 8, that he's already told his brothers, and this was 17 years earlier, he told them, look, you didn't send me here. God sent me here to preserve you alive, to preserve a remnant, to save the people of God. And now he's saying, you intended this for harm to me, but God intended it for good and the bringing about the saving of many lives. There is a beautiful picture here of the cross of Christ. We will get into that some more in a couple of days as we talk about Moses, and I try to bring some pictures into completion. But 
even if you consider in, in Luke and you consider in the book of Acts when it says that Christ was handed over into the hands of wicked men and they put him to death, it, it, similar thing in Hebrews 12, that he, re, he received hostility against himself at the hands of wicked men. And so in Luke, it says to the people who were crucifying Jesus, this is your hour and the power of darkness. And so these wicked men, the hour and the power of darkness, when Christ was crucified, they, they intended to harm Christ. And yet, in, in their intent to harm Christ, inadvertently through Christ's death, what did they do? They brought about the salvation for all who would trust in Jesus. And so here, Joseph's brothers intended to do harm to Joseph, and inadvertently in intending harm to Joseph, they actually, through that, brought about the salvation of the people. And then let's jump down to the last couple of verses of the chapter here. Chapter 50, 24, and 25 Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land, the land he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's those three fathers mentioned again. And then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. We will see that referenced a couple of times in the book of Exodus as we move forward, that Joseph here is prophesying, look, God is going to redeem you, rescue you from this land and take you to the promised land. When that happens, take my body with you, take my bones with you to be buried there. And with that, Hey, we finished Genesis and we are just getting started. So tune in tomorrow for day 23 as we begin Exodus. Thank you so much for journeying with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.